Welcome John to Chronic But Iconic, thank you so much for joining me today, it means a lot and I know that we've got a lot to discuss haven't we? Yep we have, it's a pleasure. So if you'd like to just give a little bit about yourself and your story and what we'd be discussing today that'd be great. Yeah, well first of all I think are we talking about um, mental health yeah. and um, also... I can edit that out don't worry about right, okay. So just to go from so today we're talking about mental health. Yeah, so today we're talking about uh, mental health and diabetes. Perfect. Um, so mental health, I know for a lot of people there's still a lot of stigma there, isn't there? But there's m many people like Prince William and footballers now coming out and talking about their mental health and their struggles. Has that, do you feel like that's helped? Um, I think it'll help in the long run for, um, for everybody. Yeah. Um, that it's becoming more uh, of a spotlight for people to uh, an accepted an accepted yeah. spotlight, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> rather than uh, you know, because my parents' generation would would be like, oh, this it's all in your mind, and you just yeah, you, know, you just get on with it, you know, just yeah. just you know, battle on kind of thing, but. Um, yeah, but obviously in our generation, it's sort of we're sort of it's in between, isn't it? It's still on the fence a little bit, where some people are like, oh yeah, yeah, and some people are just um, yeah. And I think with any cause, when a celebrity sort of starts to talk about it or someone well known, that's when people sit up and listen and think, no, actually, this is a serious issue. You know, this we do have to take note people do need to accept and get rid of the stigma, get rid of the judgments and help people that are struggling with this and mm. not just discard them and say that it's all in their heads because it's not. No. It's a shame it has to come to that though. It, it is, it is. That people haven't got enough empathy these days, as we no. were saying earlier. Yeah. Um, sympathy and empathy seem to be very, um, very rare thing these days other people to look out for other people <clears throat> definitely definitely so how do you find sort of balancing your mental health now that you're more accepting of it because of course you went through that journey of trying to realize that it, it was something real and you weren't crazy and, th and that in itself is soul destroying in so many mm. ways yeah you're right it's funny actually because I mean I've had to deal with it for quite a lot of my life yeah because I had some traumas in, in my childhood which is obviously uh, probably the beginnings of, of uh, the problem, but also I probably had ADHD anyway as growing up. Yeah, which my, is hard in itself. Yeah, which is my brain was obviously going at a million miles an hour. Yeah. I couldn't really take. I couldn't concentrate because my brain was just going rapid, um, uh, and you couldn't focus on anything really. Um, and and you feel like you you you're bananas then, but you you sort of deal with it, you sort of get on with it, and because of the generation thing of my parents, yes, you you sort of um, you 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 get a sort of a, a pride, I guess, and you say, like, oh, I'm okay, I'm all right. Yeah, no, it's not me, it's uh, it's the others. <laughs> yeah, and you want to be macho man, of course. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing because we grew grew up in the eighties. Um, all the 80s films are all about, yeah, as you say, macho and, yeah. uh, you know, we've definitely been... Um, Social media and the media in general is a big 
plays a big role yeah. in our it, on our ways that we think. Definitely, I think it's not helped with this um, kind of oh, if in the eighties, you, you know, if you've got a problem or something, they usually ended up hitting them, you know, and is <laughs> that as a resolve, you know? Yes. But now it's you know, obviously things have totally te- as they should have done, totally changed again, and saying, well, actually, that's that's wrong. That's, yeah. But a lot of people are still in that mindset of the 80s film, like, oh, I'm not taking this, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, so we've all been sort of brainwashed, really, to, to think a certain way, and then it, then they change yeah. it again. And especially, obviously, you were saying you were a lot younger, and that was sort of when you were impressionable as well. And when you're going through that time, and you're going through all of this, and you're sort of seeing things as um, you should be macho, you, should, you shouldn't be feeling like this. Mm. You ultimately, you sort of, you believe it, and that sort of stays with you as well. Mm. It's not like you got that acceptance first off, and then you could accept it yourself. Yeah. You were in a state of dismissal as well as everybody else, That's which right. again is very very difficult for you to come to terms with it yourself. Yeah, well, you f- you feel like yeah um, embarrassed, so you've got to deal with this embarrassment, and um. um and, and, you, and you think, oh, well, no, I'm, it's pride. This pride get, kicks in. You don't want to accept this thing because you don't want to think that you're mad or you're, you're, yeah. you're low par than the others, you see. So how long did it take you to open up and then come to terms with your own mental health? Um, I was, I, it was probably when I was about 30, 31 right. that I sort of really had to deal with it. Okay. Because I sort of I had a... Um, a um, a flashback of some stuff that happened to me as a child that sort of sent me right. on a, a bit more of a journey to do it so it was a good yeah. thing in a way and I ended up getting um, to the doctors which I'd always put off I think it was part of the illness really it's a bit of a trick yes. to play your brain it was say oh you know you're alright don't worry about it you know? and again stigma a stigma of yeah. course and then uh, and yeah, I should have done it years ago uh, I should have done it probably even in my childhood um, mm. but unfortunately I didn't and luckily these tablets that I'm on I'm on sertraline uh, they deal with the um, I can deal with OCD um, they deal with the um, ADHD thing and they yeah. also deal with um, the anxiety as well fab yeah so they're, they're called um, SRIs or something like that SR. The special um, right, yeah. combination, I forgot what they're called. And do you feel like it's completely changed your outlook? And it's levelled me down because I right. used to have highs and lows, you see. Yeah. I would, I would never be sort of in the middle. Um, but these highs I used to get, I mean, people used to, in fact, people used to think I'd taken something. Yeah. And I was so, yeah. honestly... Yeah, it, it, painting it, the town red and yeah. crawling the wall. Yeah, yeah. and then the next minute I'm, I'm absolutely, you know paranoid and thinking someone said something and it's crashed all crashed down yeah. and into a you know a dark situation so but those days are gone <laughs> yeah and that that's good that you're able <clears throat> to manage it and like you're saying it takes especially men mm. it's a massive step for them to go to the doctor but with anything you know if you've got any concern it's just best to go and get checked out and just know for your own conscience because yeah. You just lose sleep over it, and then who wants to carry on feeling worse? And I know it's hard for some men, and I know yeah. again there's a bit of a stigma there that you should be macho. 
you know, it'll be fine, have a sleep and you'll be fine. But, you know, you should be so proud of yourself because you had that courage to go and many people don't. And now look, you're, you know, yeah. you're on a better road now. That's so that's it. really, really good. Well, since then I got, I got married, got, uh, sort of um, set up my business again, um, twice in fact, because we moved from Leeds yeah. to here. Which is a big move in itself. Yeah, and then set up a business <clears throat> again, which is um, a successful business. Yeah. And um, we have two children and, and a dog. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Full house. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Which is great. And obviously, I mean, dealing with your work-life balance, how do you find that now? Do you find that you've got it covered <clears throat> or do you still have hard days with it? Yeah, I still struggle. And I, prob- I probably will struggle, yeah. Um, just because of not the not so much the mental health. I mean, even that's a, a bit of a factor in yeah. some ways, because but it's my physical health. Yeah, of course. It's the exhaustion, especially with children, because yeah. they they are so intense. And when people say that, do you think, oh yeah, whatever? You can at least you can go off in the room and give yourself up. You can't. You've no. got to be with them twenty four seven. Yeah. Because they can't do anything for themselves. No, exactly. And if they do, and by the time they've got a bit of independence, they're climbing and doing things. Can't take your eyes off them. That's it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's good that you feel more in tune with yourself. And obviously, you know, it's great that you've got your business and your Mm. family and your house and everything up and running now. So that's really, really good. Um, I just wanted to, obviously, just share some helplines with people who might need them. Mm. So we've got the Samaritans, which people can call double one six one two three for more help. Uh, I know that being on the Lyme disease group, we use the Samaritans a lot for people who are just at their wits end and at crisis point, so they're very, very good. Um, and then there, there is one that's for men uh, in particular called Campaign Against Living Misera- Miserably which is called like sort of hashtag calm and to call them it's zero eight zero zero five eight five eight five eight and they're open from five PM till midnight every day and they even do a web chat which I think is great because like you're saying there's a lot still a lot of stigma for men but if they can just pick up the phone <coughs> and hear a friendly voice and just be level headed about things mm. because when you are feeling down you can't even string sentences together sometimes, That's I feel, right. because it's just all so up in the air. So I think it's very, very important for people to reach out and actually, you know, it's, there's no, don't feel weak about it or feel embarrassed. Just, it's actually a strength, if anything, and you should be proud that you take, you know, taking the steps to make yourself better. So I just wanted to share those. Um. How important do you find opening up is and finding courage to not feel ashamed? Like, especially for people, obviously, who may be in a marriage, who maybe have a family, or even young men who are in their teenage years around people at school who are very confident in themselves, know what they want to do in life. Because I know that mental health can affect everything from even physical symptoms sometimes, you know, you can bring on like migraines and stomach aches and things like that. Like what would be your sort of key advice to helping people open up? Well, <clears throat> opening up is essential to, to moving on 
to, because you have to accept that there is a problem there and then once you've accepted the problem then the, the best thing and one of the you know stepping stones is getting things off your chest and explaining it and then coming up with a, a plan of how to um, you know to combat it, it. Yeah. so that's one of the main things but I mean everyone will, will do it at different times in their life um, and obviously the sooner the better but it doesn't always work like that yeah. unfortunately you have to learn a lot through life's um, problems to, to actually to get to where you're going to be yes. some people learn the hard way some people are quite bright and they'll learn from others but yeah. it's unlikely that you <laughs> it's, more, it's more likely in my case I learnt the, you know obviously the hard way yeah <clears throat> and I think like we were saying you've just got to take that leap of faith and just know that the step forward is worthwhile so that's a big one then we're obviously going to go on to diabetes. Now I know this affects you quite badly, so if you'd like to share your backstory with the disease, that'd be great. Yeah, I went to the doctors, um, and I think it was for—I can't remember exactly. Oh yeah, it was for back pain. I had a trapped nerve um, in my back in, when I was oh. living in Leeds, and um, they wanted to take some blood tests. And it was from then when they took the blood test, they obviously. Um, saw that I was um, a di- uh, a diabetic. Yeah. So I was living with it for I was probably living for it for a long, long time. I thought I was actually on my deathbed to be honest, because oh, I was so awful. so tired. Yeah. I had no energy. In fact, we went to New York um, for our anniversary. I think it was the first year anniversary or second. I can't remember. It might have been the second actually. And um, we went off into to New York, and half the time. I, I was I'd, I'd blown up at this point um, my weight and um, yeah. I was absolutely exhausted everything seemed such a struggle um, and you just uh, want to joy, enjoy the moment exactly because, you know it's a once in a lifetime exactly, yeah. experience and I still did manage it yeah. um, but but yeah it wasn't it was definitely tainted with with, with a problem it was quite mm. quite upsetting really because it's like you say it's a one in a lifetime you're not going to do it all the time you know, yeah. just going to pop down to New York. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get some milk. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what sort of, well, what are the main signs and symptoms people should look out for? And also, what were your sort of telltale signs that you felt, you know, when you sort of started to question your health? Well, exhaustion is one of them. Yeah. You, you, you get, it's not just where you, you're sleepy or you're tired, it's, it's literally you're exhausted, you've got your energy spent before you, in fact you'd wake up like that and yeah. you think there's something wrong, uh, well in nine times out of ten it would have been something wrong but well it obviously was something wrong because it's yeah. still, uh, it still shortens your life and it, in effect if it's undealt with it will eventually kill you. Mm. Um, so there's, there's sleep, um, urination, sometimes you, you want to be going to the toilet a lot or you'd be exa- uh, so thirsty gasping yeah. and thirsty and you just want to neck as much water as you possibly can mm-hmm. um, So and when you've eaten you'd, you'd feel like something would hit you as soon as you've eaten if, especially if it was something sugary or anything like that Yeah. you'd feel like you'd just feel light headed um, wow. blurred vision um, yeah. 
something. Yeah, and you can't think, you can't string a sentence together, hence now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just, yeah, it's pretty poor, really. Pretty pretty depressing existence sometimes. But once it's sorted, though, obviously, once you've had the tablets, you start exercising more. And yes. Then, because obviously it's a catch-22. You, you feel so tired that you don't exercise. But of if course. you do exercise, then that would make life Help, a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. So how did you sort of work around that? Well, when we moved across from Leeds to Blackpool, um, I got a bike and I started oh, cycling perfect. up and down the prom. Yeah. Did 26 miles. Wow. So, um, backwards. That's and crazy. That's so 13 great. miles down 13. Yeah. Back. So, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and I'll probably be doing it again soon. Um, when the weather's better. With, uh, yeah, that's it. With, with yeah. Because I, I used to do it with someone, you see, and he moved away, and then I have right. the children, and, and it ended up, you know, I, I was just doing it as very odd times until it went to nothing, yeah. really, but I'll be doing it again. Yeah, and of, of course you've got your dog, so you'll be walking your dog. I'll walk him every day. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, you should, it's funny you should say that, because when um, I was first diagnosed, about a year later we got Stanley, and I could I, even just walking him, Around the thing, I was exhausted yeah. and struggling. But by the you know, you know, a few months, I was absolutely had a bit of a spring in my step, and, and it's yeah. then that I got the bike, and right. <clears throat> he he helped so that me. That inspired you really to get yeah. on, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that's obviously a big thing because I know just recently actually I've been doing some research into sort of dogs and how they can be used as therapy, and mm. now they're using dogs to test if they've got cancer through like breathalyzing them and yeah. they can tell and it's crazy and they are a great therapy and yeah. obviously and your best friend yeah it really helped you so that's great um and where do people go to sort of get their tests and get their treatment would you advise well gp of course you've got to go to your doctors if you're feeling these any of these symptoms i wouldn't hesitate just to to go down there even to check it out because yeah. you know it's it's better to be safe than sorry because you're doing damage to yourself while you're not actually got the right um, medication or, or you're eating the wrong foods. Yeah. Because if you, you know, basically it's, it's attacking and damaging the organs. The, yeah. The, um, it's something to do with the, the all the, the, the stuff that goes in through your blood is just crashing its way through and, you know, it's one Crazy, by one yeah. organs. So. Yeah. So how do you feel that you manage your diabetes now well what I'll would your tips be tips uh, well you've got to uh, well prepare your food or, or set your food ahead um, mm -hmm. not to eat like you know lots of carbs you've got and, and check the labels on the back yeah. and a lot of the stuff that we do say if we do a, sp a spag bowl instead of using like um, a, a branded one we would um make our own from um tomato um from what do you call it tomato puree yes and um and make sure that there's no sugar in it and chop up onion onion and it's all fresh yeah it's all proper stuff yeah you know. the sugars in carbohydrates people forget and mm. um, it feeds the bacteria and everything that's going on in our bodies and you have to be careful with what you you know pick up in the supermarket you have to check food labels and that's sometimes hard as well because you just don't know what's in food and when you're on the go you're just grabbing whatever's there so that's a big one for people to check and you know like up in your protein and just being sort of
careful about what carbohydrates you pick is also quite quite a good one, isn't it? Quite it is. a good point. And I've got a few sort of stats here that I thought would be ideal to run through because a lot of people probably don't realise that it affects 4.7 million people in the UK, which is quite shocking, really. And one in 15 people in the UK have type 2 and it's not yet diagnosed as well. So that's that's scary because, like we were saying, diagnosis is key for it not to go on and cause well, more damage. Yeah, probably had it for about five or six years until they found it. Yeah, definitely. And you obviously, some of the symptoms you have now are, are mm. very upsetting and soul-destroying in many ways. Yeah. Um, so over the 20 years, it, it's increased dramatically. And they were saying that, you know, this is a big thing that... Obviously, lifestyle, lifestyle changes in just the 20 years alone has is, is been a, a, a cause for the increase because, like we were saying, people are on the go, they rely on fast food. We've, we've got to go back to sort of plant-based and healthier eating and that sort of comes with education. And we were saying before in, in talking without Mike that people need education behind diet and lifestyle exactly. and cooking. And it is a, a lifeline and it should be sort of prioritised above even maths and English in some respects because it's a life skill that people carry with them for life and it does go across the board with cancer, with any health complication, it, it really is important. Because you could be killing yourself um, not knowing the right foods um, because a lot of things and a lot of combinations mm. could factor in to getting diabetes, as we were saying earlier, again without the mic, you know these energy drinks of you know yeah. sh um, soaring um, your blood sugars, um, and, and people don't realise, you know, obviously, well they sell it, so it's not obviously going to be that bad for you, but it, it's that's not the case at all. Yeah. And like with bread, you'd think, well, bread's not got any sugar in. You know, if, in fact, oh. if if you if you come, if somebody said to you, oh, I'm going to stick. A portion of chips in front of you or about a couple of bars of chocolate a lot of people think oh yeah i'll just eat the chips i'll be fine there but they don't realize that the you know the the, the carbohydrates turn to sugar yeah um and 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 because it's obviously deep fried as well and it, it's it's doing a lot of damage to you you know mm -hmm. you're getting high cholesterol the sugar's going up um and also, you know, and bread is, is loaded with sugar. And in fact, yeah. you'd think, why on earth are they putting sugar uh, mm -hmm. sugar in this bread? You know, there are obviously breads out there that doesn't have it in. Yeah. And and they also said the um, people at the um, diabetic forums have said that the best bread is the um, obviously brown bread. Um, yeah. But the ones that are seeded with uh, granary as mm. well, because your body can um, break it up. Easier, right, yeah, and it doesn't all turn, you know, yeah, into sh into sugar. So it actually helps. Um, I think it's to do with the digestion of some yeah. sort. So, and I think <clears> as well, people forget that, you know, oils can be a big problem as well. Be just the fact that the cheaper oils that you know people use to fry their chips in and things, they are so refined, a bit like sugar that it's toxic to the body, so the body just doesn't know how to break it down, doesn't know what to do with it, digest, and that can send your body haywire as well. So, yeah, I think people just need more education in that area. 
But I think this, this fact is shocking actually, that all of the people living with diabetes in the UK could fill Wembley Stadium more than 52 times over. Wow. And that, that just puts it into perspective, yeah. I think. Well, it's an it? epidemic, isn't it? It's, it's, it's poor education that's caused and, and, and allowing these companies to produce this rubbish food, yeah. this easy food. That it, it, yeah, it's, it's quick and easy to eat, but it will shorten your life. Definitely. And and you're gonna suffer the consequences. They should have warning signs on on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Like you wouldn't give a pack of cigarettes to a child, but you'd give them a packet of sweets and 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 uh, you know not chocolate think and not think it. twice about it. In fact, yeah. you'd think I'll give them a treat. Yeah. <laughs> Rather yeah. than you know some poison. Yeah, yeah exactly. Literally what it is. Yeah, definitely. You're so right. And, you know, just on those stats, someone is diagnosed every two minutes with diabetes, which, again, so shocking. We have 169 amputations every week, 680 strokes, and 530 heart attacks. Almost 2,000 cases of heart failure every week. More than 500 people die. What about blindness? They haven't put that on. Oh, yeah, they have. So, sorry, more than 1,700 people have their sight seriously affected mm. by their diabetes every year. And at least 10,350 people in the UK have end of stage kidney failure because of their diabetes. Yeah. And I mean. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? <laughs> well, gosh, no, I hope not scaring you. But I think it's important actually to tell people the facts because, again, People have heard diabetes, they know it, but they don't know the ins and outs of it. No. And people need to know that getting diagnosed and going to the doctor, although it might be a big step, they might feel embarrassed, it needs to happen because mm. it is really critical. Yeah. And I know that people manage it nowadays, but not so long ago, people did used to instantly die from diabetes because they didn't know what it was and they didn't know how to treat it. Yeah. Going to they can go into sort of a coma. Yes. And uh, especially if it, if they're insulin, um, if they're on insulin, they can end up taking too much and they will end up um, in a coma and, and they can die that way. Yeah, and well. I, I have that problem with my auntie sometimes at Christmas. She'll try and overshoot her insulin because she's having a lot of like sugary foods and alcohol and you know yeah. treats. And um, yeah, and we we can always tell when she's like going into that stage because she gets very argument argumentative and you can't reason with her, right. and that's scary. But it again affects your mental health, you see. Yeah, but again, like it's that whole thing about managing it. It's so difficult. Mm. It's not easy. No, and if you in when you're tired or when you're feeling low or, and you want some comfort, you know, a bit of comfort food and this like you can guarantee it'll be the wrong foods and it'll make you even worse eventually down the line anyway. So it's a bit And we, we were just saying about, terrible situation. you know, cheating sometimes, you know, when you're out with family and they're eating everything that you would really, really yeah. want to eat. And I think what's worse, when you look on the menu, like, I'd have that, I'd have that, I'd have that. Yeah, and then yeah. you see everybody else having what you'd want and you're there with your little yeah. pieces and you think, can I just have a little bit? Yeah. And you just have a little bit so you try not to make yourself ill, but... You just want to live life still. You still mm. want to enjoy life, make memories with the people um, you, you're with as well. Because I know I didn't go out for a long time 
because I didn't want to put myself in that situation where no, right. I had to see them eat that kind of food. Yeah. And that's wrong again because I wasn't living life. No. Just completely isolated and I was so down because I wasn't hanging out with friends or having that communication. That's right. So it's it's very difficult to manage and like, you know, with your business and everything else you do with your children, your family. Because when you're on the go, you need you need to eat, especially being yeah. a diabetic, you need to eat. Yeah. Because um, sugars go level, um, blood sugar levels go quite low. Yeah. And then you, so that if it goes that way, then you get lightheaded. You start shaking. Your body starts shaking when you're not eating, and uh, you know, and you, you can't think straight. You you're basically a zombie. Um. So if you, and once you've eaten, then obviously you start to pick up again. But you, you want something on the go, especially if you've got children or yeah. you're the business or, or any even a single life you know you still want things on the go when you're doing things because a lot of people have got hobbies or what or they've got the work or you know or whatever it is and life is at a fast pace isn't it so that, yeah. you just want something on the hop or you know do you try and um, manage it by trying to eat at the same times every day or um, sometimes but yeah yeah actually you're right um, and and obviously since we have the, the children, they have to eat at certain times as well. So yeah. that has actually helped because, like I said before, um, uh, if I, I would starve myself during the day and then and then drink um, maybe an energy drink and then eat, you know, like quite. Um, I'd, I'd order something to sort of compensate for not eating for the rest of the day. And so it's like a complete whammy there of, of mm. starving yourself, yeah. And then suddenly overloading with all this rich food, mm. and then it comes crashing up up again. So you've had probably a crash from the Red Bull or whatever yeah. energy drink you had, and then you're you're doing it again in the evening. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm very much the same. I try and eat at the same times every day, just so again you stay to that routine. I always try and know what I'm eating as well and stick to that so then there's no well oh what shall I have to eat because when you're sort of hungry mm. you're more likely to go for the wrong thing That's so right. just try and stay to the routine and like my diet is quite restrictive so it doesn't leave me a lot so I do have to eat the same day in day out but it's probably like you probably try and meal plan so that you don't fall into that trap of just that's what the forum said. Actually. Yeah. That's what they were recommending. That you don't just mm. go on the hop because you will end up eating the wrong foods. You've got to have it planned ahead. And I'm I'm not a planner, but Laura is, thank goodness. Yeah. And um, so yeah, that that sort of helped as well. Yeah, and that helps you sort of work together as a team, which yeah. is nice because then she sort of feels involved in your treatment steps as well as mm. as to say because sometimes. The, the partner can maybe feel pushed out or you know they don't understand because that partner isn't opening up properly so it's nice that you can work as a team as yeah well. yeah that's good but thank you so much for joining me today i really enjoyed our chit chat yeah, and thank good. you so much and thank you for being so open because i know it's not always easy no thank you so thank you thanks very much